0: A wonderfully warm welcome to the lot of you. It's episode 158 of The Perfect Pitch. Loads to get to today. But before I kick things off, I, I must tell you that the programme's brought to you by Emperor of Ice Cream and the Strawberry Coconut Bicky. Yeah, Emperor of Ice Cream, talking to uh, them, well, specifically, I'm speaking to uh, John Haggis Hegarty at the end of the programme. They're back, and they're back with a vengeance, and if you listen to the programme, you'll know my love for them. So uh, at the end of the programme, an interview with uh, with John. Lots of uh, new releases to get to today, tonnage actually, uh, whereby I'd say there's over 10 i'm thinking here uh, and all the special features that you can regularly expect uh, for any given program they're all here uh, all attentive and present uh, and we've got our appeal uh, session today just as a reminder is uh, the only ones our cover version today is by uh, angel olson and our interview feature is with john haggis Haggerty as i've mentioned first up Let's go back in time to uh, 1990, yeah, yeah, 1990. The Butterfly, self-titled LP by The House of Love, 32nd Floor. They're 87 WLP, Daddy's Highway, on Flying Nun Records. That's The Bats with North by North. Uh, They're from uh, Christchurch, I believe. Uh, And uh, that's great stuff. Uh, Flying Nun, what a label. And if you uh, are not familiar, you should be. If you listen to the programme, we play the odd Flying Nun track on on, on the show. Um, Delve Deep, Wiki It, is my advice to you. And before that, from, uh, from 1990 off uh, one of uh, several House of Love self-titled LPs, if you really want to be pedantic. That's the Butterfly one from uh, from 1990, as I said, and 32nd floor, The Sun Charms. Up next, brand new track from their debut long player. It's uh, their debut LP proper, if you like, i.e. a non-compilation LP. This is the title and lead track and if you want to buy it go to sundayrecords.bandcamp.com Castles. Nothing to be done. That's the lead track to uh, Sitting Pretty, their second LP from 1989. And with all that, we heard Distant Lights by The Sun Charms. As i would mentioned, that's the title lead track to their uh, debut uh, Long Player Proper. And uh, sundayrecords.bandcamp.com. To snag that, now it's time for our first of several uh, religious special features. This is our hat-trick whereby you have relief from the monotony of my voice for three in a row. Yes, three in a row. Kicking off with this, it might be a bit unorthodox for this programme, but it holds a place in my heart. The latest release, that's DMAs. The latest release being I Love You Unconditionally. Sure, I'm going to miss you. That's a viol or viol or viol, depending on how you pronounce it, I suppose. And before that, Briuri from uh, Drugstore Romeo's. Secret Plan is uh, taken off their uh, new and debut long player, The World Within Our Bedrooms. Buy it at drugstoreromeo's.tm. S-T-O-R dot E-S. You, you really should own it, so uh, I'm doing you a favour. And before that, <clears throat> as I clear my throat, from 1976, 10cc, I'm Mandy, Fly Me, a single that appeared on 76's LP. How dare you? Frog on my throat, apparently. You hear that? Lazy line, Painter Jane. From 1997 by Bell and Sebastian. That's up next, but I'll give you a little taster of what else you can hear after Bell and Sebastian. Well, you can hear the relict right after Bell and Sebastian. Then it's this week's tune, this, and then we've got uh, to look forward to the obligatory or cover me essential wax we've got our feature peel track we've got uh, several new releases and our interview and feature with emperor of ice Scream, john haggis hegarty at the end of the program all that to look forward to first off lazy line painter jane bell and sebastian
1: Dreaming of the time When you are free From all the trouble you're in In the mud, on your knees Trying hard not to please anyone all the time Being a rebel's fine You go all the way To being brutal You will have a boy tonight
2: Yeah
0: the avenue that's the relict and that's off 2003's tomorrow is again and before we heard uh, the relict we heard bell and sebastian from 1997 with lazy line painter jane special feature time now it's um it's tuned this now i had, I had an odd odd tune you might think in in the hat trick in that I included Ten CC. That's being entirely personal. Ten CC for me, or other bees and E's always have been since I was a since I was a kid and, and, and exposed to them. Um, sounds like they're a virus, but you know what I mean. Uh, first hearing Ten CC when I was a young lad, uh, art rock, as you'd probably call it, uh, magic stuff. Included that in the hat trick. Uh, this tune, this, is not your typical banger as they say where you get the badminton racket out or play the fake keyboards or you know go 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 silly at a red light um it's uh, it's just something that, that i think is an absolutely magnificent tune it's by um steve kilby he of uh, the church and martin kennedy of all india radio It's from 2017's glow and fade lp and it's the title track a band called funeral lakes they're from kingston ontario just down the street and a tune called solstice great stuff really like that and uh, before we heard solstice we heard glow and fade by kilby kennedy steve kilby and martin kennedy constituting this week's tune This yes unorthodox yeah yeah i know it's not the happy mondays but uh, uh, it, it means an awful lot to me that's a beautiful beautiful song beautiful song indeed now Hit the North Part 2, The Fall, is this week's obligatory fall-ah track. Every week we play a song by The Fall. This week is no different. This is the B-side to Hit the North from 1987.
2: Well to listen.
0: Scotland, Constant Follower, that's the latest single, The Merry Dancers on TV, facebook.com slash the constant follower, and before we heard the constant follower, actually just constant follower, no the there, ditch the the, B-side to uh, Hit the North from 87, we had the fall for this uh, show's instalment of uh, Obligatory Fall, oh, Hit the North, part Ooh, another special feature lined up for you right now uh, this week's cover me it's uh, a brand new single it's a brand new ep actually uh, called the Isles uh, by uh, by angel olsen she's having a crack and a rather good one too at some billy idol Songs. that's Echoes, and that's their uh, eighth single, the first single to be uh, pulled off their second LP, Surfing the Void. And before we heard Claxons, we heard Angel Olsen of the Isles EP with Eyes Without a Face, that constitutes this week's Cover Me, which is this week's cover version, Safely Tucked Away, brand new stuff from Manchester's Narcissus on 42's records. They were on uh, programme 102, were Narcissus. We hopped on that train early at uh, at, uh, near-perfect pitch. Their uh, new single, Friends in High Places, with Becky Fishwick, sounds just like this. 2018 on an LP entitled Inner Journey Out. You will find I Don't Mind uh, by Psychic Ills. And you can also hear the voice of Hope Sandoval uh, helping them out there uh, quite categorically. And before that, Manchester's Narcissus with a tune called Friends in High Places with Becky Fishwick uh, on on the vocals there. Now, what have we got coming up next? We've got Essential Wax, which is our... For you who don't listen or, or who haven't listened before. Um, it's our record that we believe, I believe, you should have in your collection. I, If you don't have it, go and buy it, type type thing. Godfather, Ned Atomic, Dustbin, 1991. Their WLP on Columbia Records. It was produced by Jessica Corcoran. They're from Starbridge in the Black Country. Right, uh, right in the heart of britain right in the heart of the west midlands so in this instance i'm going to play you a couple of songs off the lp to entice you to purchase it if you haven't already got it gray green right up next which was a us only single and then kill your television which is probably the most uh, well-known track of theirs their second single from 1990 will soon follow suit <laughs> second of two from this week's essential wax which is ned's atomic dustbin Godfodder from 1991 on columbia records and we heard kill your television and gray cell green go out and buy it if you don't already have it now up next dot allison she of one dove magnificence with her latest work of beauty off the brilliant and brand new heart shaped scars lp let's hear cue the tears Second act of the show that have been guests on the program previously. That's Margot. They were on uh, episode ninety-two, featured then. That's their latest single that we just heard called Fame. It's it's a beautiful track. I hope you agree, and you can get it at Margot Band UK. That's Margot with an O T. Uh, Margot Band UK Before that, dot Alison. Isn't that beautiful? We heard Cue the Tears off the latest LP heart-shaped scars i've been trying to get her on the program but uh, to no avail i shall keep keep trying another special feature to get to this week's uh, feature peel track we're going to go back to 1978 <laughs> On Hand Drawn Dracula Records. That's Breeze from Toronto, uh, a song called Only Up, the last track off the new Only Up LP. HanddrawnDracula.bandcamp.com. And before that, we went back to April the 5th, 1978, and we heard Another Girl, Another Planet by The Only, The Only Ones. And that's this week's Feature Peel track. Up next, A tune that uh, Mr. Peel himself would endorse, I'm sure. On 4AD Records from 1992, off their only proper studio LP called Blow. That's Swallow with Sugar Your Mind. And before we heard Swallow, we heard the undertones with their eighth single from 1981, It's Going to Happen. Now, we've got two more songs before we get into the interview and feature with John Haggis Hegarty from uh, um, Emperor of Ice Cream, which you're gonna enjoy, I know you, I know you are. Um, so we're gonna go to Paris next, then Boston.
2: Awesome.
0: That single of the WLP by uh, Boston's Glasshouse. The The LP's called Star Club. The song's called Smith. And again, Glasshouse, House. Glasshouseband.bandcamp.com Great stuff, that. And before we heard that, we heard Summer Night from Paris. Some beautiful stuff from Paris, no less. Uh, Velvet Sunset with Summer Night. VelvetSunset.bandcamp.com Phew! That is 28 songs that you've just been witness to which leads us to the end of the program, where I'm delighted to bring you a feature interview with John Haggis Haggerty of Emperor of Ice Cream. He has curated three songs for me to play. I'm going to play you two in a row to get you in the mood before the interview. This is Grow As You Are off this year's WLP. Yeah, WLP, if you can believe it, because they had three singles between 93 and 94, then they disappeared then they've come back with this wonderful LP and an EP collection whereby you missed it first time round, you can get them all again. And you can get them all again on emperoroficecream.bandcamp.com. And after Grow As You Are, you can hear Pure Isle, which was the, originally a B-side to, to William, which is available on the aforementioned EP collection, 93, 94. <laughs> Emperor of Ice Cream, that's uh, Purile, and we heard before that grow as you are. Now, over to myself and Haggis for a chit chat about all that is Emperor of Ice Cream. Hey, Dara. Hello there, how are you? Good, apologies again for the delay. Not at all, are you, are you uh, nice and safe and dry and uh, away from the elements now? So, you were uh, predictably unpredictable weather in your neck of the woods, though, isn't it? Oh, four seasons in a day, every day, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, one of the I mean, joys, I mean, yeah. one of the joys of living where you live, isn't it?
3: Uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty nice
0: world, you know. Uh, are you, you're in New York or Canada? No, I mean, I'm in Canada. I'm, I'm, I've got a New York number, but it's uh, I'm, I'm calling from Canada. It's uh, it's not designed to confuse but often does, unfortunately. But uh, I mean I mean Ottawa, yeah. they're the capital of they're the they're the they're the the capital of Canada if ever you've been in a snack of the woods. I
3: was in Toronto playing a few gigs a few years ago at St. Drums and a very called Katie Kim.
0: Oh, and okay, boy, yeah. okay, right. I see yeah, we, we, huh? You've seen Toronto then, that's great. I played
3: drums with Katie for a few years, yeah, I produced her two albums, uh, her first two albums. Um, and there's
0: just no drummer, so there's no one else to hit the drums. Yeah, can play, will travel type thing, can play, will travel. Um, So so, so needless to say, um, I'm delighted to be talking to you because I've I've got this podcast uh, that has sort of gained momentum over the past few years that... It's yeah, just yeah, just a, yeah. a, a labour of love. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, I am, I'm a lucky chap in that I get to talk to artists, I get to play records and I get to do stuff I'd be doing anyway, playing records and I just share them with people. And I'm just lucky to be able to do that. But it's also a, a, an extra added joy when you get to speak to uh, artists who you are real fans of. And, and in my hand, I've got the three singles that uh, that are on uh, that are on blow discs and um, oh, yeah, okay. and you know when 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 I when I first got into you, when when I first heard William, I thought, my God, what's going on here? Uh, and and then then the second single came out, which you know didn't come out with a lot of fanfare to be perfectly truthful. Uh, and then the third one was a bit like unicorn poo to find, to be perfectly honest, you know. Isn't technology marvellous?
3: Sorry, I just
0: went off. I got a friend of human Yeah, yeah, I meant this one And anyway, it's just one of those things where, where, where I got super excited that, that I'd i you know, you know how you are with music, when you discover a band, you you, you it's yeah. a very, it's a very personal thing, you know, you think it's you and your army that that are just privy to the, the fruits of the, the labours of this band. So I thought to myself, when is the album coming out, right? And, of course, I didn't expect it to be so long.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. Like, it's a long time ago now for us when we did them. And I think I was the only one who had all the three 12 inches. But I suppose if we were all looking forward to making it back then. It just didn't happen, you know. Um, so when COVID came along, it was a surprise that it was one of the kind of side parts of it is that somehow we, somebody just remembered us and wrote an article on it and said it was a thing whenever never did the album so it just it it
0: started there really it was just a a fluke you know more than anything a beautiful Um, accident then because honest to goodness uh, the 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 11 tracks forgive me i'm going to shoot myself in the foot here john by saying this but there are so many people that i've copied the 11 tracks for as as almost like an lp of 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 a body of work because, the three be- piece, the original ones, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's very, very hard to, up until recently, of course, very, very hard to find, but eminently, eminently alt-pop alt, alt pop brilliance, and at, at the end of the day, everybody I've ever played it for, whether I've played it on, on the show or just individually to people, they say, I, I, you know, I want that, and I say, well, you know, well, good luck finding it type thing, I'll have to make you a copy, but now I've been preaching the gospel that they can go to band camp and get the whole shooting match now
3: yeah yeah and, and some new stuff now hopefully coming out, which uh, you know, that's another kind
0: of unexpected thing to happen, you know. So um, It's a beautiful thing. I mean, I mean, you, you're kind of answering all my questions uh, as, as, we, as, we, as we chat, because at the end of the day, t- to be clear to everyone listening, the band released three, I wouldn't say they were quickfire, but three three EPs in a row on, on, on blow discs. And then promptly, to chaps like me, disappeared i thought they'd been abducted uh personally uh and and at the end of the day um left with a body of work that that is super super impressive and and now if you want to buy the material it's very very easy now all these three eps that i you know i have have in my hot little hands you can get at emperoroficecream.bandcamp.com and get them in the ep collection and uh, how how was it uh, it must have been quite fun to, to, to sequence that, John, because of course the the the, the singles came out in sequence but the E P collection is sequenced in no 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 way, shape or form in a similar way to the singles were.
3: No, I, I suppose when we did the first three Ds you would have like picked two songs maybe you thought were very strong, then something else that was we left jamming maybe on and then something slightly experimental. And because we were a newish enough band when we got signed, we were only together six, eight months at the most, like at the most when, when, when maybe about six or eight weeks when we got spotted and five months later it took to get signed. So we were very, you know, a band just at its infancy, so you're still kind of even finding yourself. Yes. And that's when we signed what we thought was a kind of development deal, you know, where you would find, you'd find you gradually work with a couple of nice producers and work hard in the band room and try and find yourself. And then after the three EPs, we were looking forward to doing the album and just if, if it all fell away. We, it, the, the scene in England seemed to be changing, even though there was great bands like Blur, Oasis, Supergrass, who were kicking on, and maybe and even Mercury Rev, you know, a few A lot A lot of the scenes fell by the wayside because it was cheaper to hire a DJ at the time, I know, and dance music, jungle, like hip-hop, everything was becoming so big all at the same time. Yes. And I think a lot of the indie scene was coming to, mm-hmm. not the end of it, but, you know, like it got to this amazing height yes. where in the 80s it would have been great. You'd like bands like Cure and stuff who were breaking through the whole time, great band. But suddenly at the start of the 90s, every week there was a fantastic album coming out. You know, whether it was like, Stone Roses, Underworld, Smashing Pumpkins, uh, the Teenage Fan Club, it was just every single week there seemed to be a brilliant album coming out, and then by the time I think we got to make, or we were about to make the album, it seemed like the scene was kind of on the way down somehow. I agree, uh, I agree. Anyway,
0: yeah, yeah, you were against. You were up against it, you are also up against really sort of uh, nepotistic journalism as well, because... Um, forgive the expression but you know a lot of the journalists were up the arse of Manchester etc and uh, dropped a lot of indie like stuff I did
3: notice that they would pick up bands and then tear
0: them down pretty quickly oh. it to be an awful awesome thing to do you know like yes. you could see bands that you knew and they were being built up like built as the next big thing and big up, and then suddenly their album came out and if they didn't give it to the right journalist <laughs> it was ripped you know and, and
3: it seemed it seemed to be a lot of power in who could make people and who could break people, and that's right. I, I don't know. I suppose you were lucky when you saw a good band you was signed to a good label. Who you know, the label stuck with them for four or five albums, you know.
0: And yes, yes. You, I, I you always know, thought you've seen the
3: progression, you
0: know, even like bands like Talk Talk and stuff like this. Who oh, talk, talk,
3: talk, experimental
0: band, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, totally. I mean, talk, talk about uh. Talk about uh, avant-post-punk avant stuff. I mean, some of the talk-talk stuff in the latter years was just mind-blowing. That the vast majority of people don't don't quite either know of or or, or can get their, hound, their heads around. Rather, it's very uh, it's, it's expounding the boundaries of jazz and uh, and chamber chamber music as well. It's it's very interesting.
3: Yeah, even even the form of songwriting, you know? Were, oh yes, I think they were they were exploring, and and I suppose a lot of that starts with. You know, I suppose a lot of the reason, like, even The Clash moved on as, as they grew for a few albums was, you know, you can write great songs with three or four chords, but then suddenly you want to get more, maybe you want to say more, maybe you want to experience more through music and you're learning all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, one door opens and another, another hundred doors open, you know, maybe you find
0: one type of music it you. Just continues to blow you away. It's the rabbit yeah. hole, isn't it? The rabbit hole. for us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, One Where we never stop learning. hopefully. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! It's an ongoing education. If you love music, it's 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 it is an ongoing education. Even even just trying to just to explore the past is a job in itself. Never mind what's happen, happening currently. It's it's hard enough to keep track. Um, now now with with regards to to to, to blow discs. Um, I, I, I thought it was it was, it was it was really cool that you managed to be on this little label. But I always thought one day you'd end up on a label like Satanta or something like that. You know, like with the Frank and Walters and, and 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 such like. I I always envisaged that for you because I thought I thought you were such uh, a wonderful fresh uh, sound that that, that that largely was unnoticed. So I'm really happy that you are back. First and foremost, that people can as the old audience appreciate you and reappreciate you but it must be wonderful for you to be um, uh, on, on the receiving end of new new fans who have heard you for the first time and then of course we'll talk about the new album uh, that, that's, that, that features new material of course um, it must be wonderful to, 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 to know that you are being well received by people that didn't know of you 25 years ago When I was growing
3: up i say that like many others out there, you were 13, 14, you heard a song that blew your mind, or 11, or 10, or had an older brother or something, or yeah. you went to your first gig, but we were, I just always felt privileged because it was like, it was in Cork, and there was a lot of people coming back from London who were kind of like, they looked like they were homeless, but they were kind of punks, you know, and they'd be telling me about London, and there were some great people bringing bands to Cork. I mean, before Sir Henry's in Cork was, it became a kind of dance mix, uh, you could go in. You could see Sonic Youth. You could see Nirvana. You could like every week there was Mercury Rave, Pavement. There was somebody coming yeah. from either America or England or Europe. So there was a couple of good promoters bringing great bands, and then there was younger promoters bringing small punk bands down to West Cork. So I always felt privileged when we, I when we got when we started doing gigs, I felt privileged to be part of the scene, and we all had bands that we looked up to. So even now being back now, I think it's still the same for us, like we, I, I, I myself and I personally just felt privileged to be part of such an, a scene that was so exciting back then, and now, like, my son, he's he's listening to a lot of 90s stuff like Swerve Driver. Oh, and, uh, yes. Or Roses, and and like, I can see him and all his friends falling in love with, like, it just just starting out as a bit of music.
0: Oh, isn't it wonderful? It's like seeing a young—it's like it's like seeing a young couple in love. And you go back and think—you <laughs> think to yourself, "Well, you've got it all. You've got it all ahead of you." <coughs> yeah,
3: no, me. but um, yeah, I think when I was young, definitely, I when I went to Keith, I loved it. When we got into a band and we were lucky enough to support some great, you know, traveling bands that were coming through Cardiff. Yeah, you felt privileged to be going on before them, and even now, when we're back making music. It's just a really nice surprise to be writing with the lads again, trying to, like, we've made loads of demos for the new music, for, for, like, this idea for a new album, and some of it is slow, but can be very anthony, and at the same time, it's, it's like a kind of, I don't know, nearly like a a kind of shoegaze, but more dreamy again, and then some of the songs are fast, fast and hard, and that was the thing, maybe, with the band, with, with the Emperors, was, we loved so much music that it wasn't like every song was going to sound. Like G Samaria's Chain would have a sound, the Cure would have a sound. Yes. And we loved all those bands, but I think we kind of came from a place where we looked up to them all so much that our, our sound drifted between kind of dreamy to hard and poppy or heavy. Like there's some parts at the end of, of some of the EPs and it's almost maybe like Tim or or yes. really heavy. And, yes. and there's other parts then are very drifty and, and so I don't know, I always enjoyed that element of this like you know some people as fans would like to look for a band with a sound. I don't know if we were ever that type of band that we you know arrived with that uh, sound.
0: I don't think you sports. did. I don't think you did. I think I think that's fair because you know, you know, grow as you are for for instance, on, on Skin Tight, the, the the last song, which is actually the only thing only song that isn't included on the EP collection. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you can't say that sounds like William, um, which was the first song that that most yeah, yeah. That yeah. most. It's, it's, it's completely like high, Rays low, Rays in the middle. Song. exactly, yeah. exactly. So again and again, you know. But I think I think with all due respect to you, three EPs um, is it's a it's a genesis. I mean, three EPs is not an awful long way in. It's almost the embryonic stage of a band's development. Where, where, what like for a, yeah. Big thing. Well, because I mean, and, and even the album, you know, let's talk about let's talk about No Sound Ever Dies, and and anyone listening out there who hasn't got it yet, who who tried to get it, uh, there's a second pressing out now, which is brilliant. So you can get it on cassette, you can get it on get it on LP, you can get it on CD, and you can get it on uh, digital. So it's it's available everywhere, but of course. On, on the track, the, all the tracks on on, on the LP, John. Um, there, there's William, as, 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 as of course we've, we've talked about. There's there's this this ha, there's this high rise that there's grow as you are <laughs> appears on, on on the LP. Um, so it's it's a mix of new and old. The next LP, I'm assuming, is going to be all 100 percent new stuff stuff that has you know hasn't been sitting in demo cassettes and shoeboxes for ten years. I, I would expect, but. Um, was it was it really difficult to choose this wonderful combination of, of for instance new tracks like Black like Lamb and Eyes, the first single, which is brilliant, uh, and then choosing and picking and choosing from the, the repertoire of the three EPs? Was it was it was it, was it a real chore? Uh,
3: I think when when I look back, I think it was surprising for us all that like Graham over in New York uh, had a lot of stuff on a hard an old hard drive and. Uh, he plucked out as many songs as he could from live demos, uh, just jams that we did in the band room, um, and different studio takes that never made it onto things. And it all added up to about 50, 60 songs. And Boy. I wasn't really looking forward to going back and listening to it all. Twenty-five years later, I never really. I, I, whenever I make a record, I never go back and listen to it. You just move on to the next one. And we got it was like. It was like diving down this mad rabbit hole because I didn't even recognise at least five or six of the songs I couldn't remember recording or writing. But I remember listening to them all and I just wrote down, right at the end of the book, I wrote down a list of ten or eleven I think that I really liked. And I just wrote to Graham and I said, look it might be an idea just to maybe put yourself for charity because people said, you know, we never released an album. And I said, Oh, of the 50 or 60 songs, there's 11 to me straight away that I'd be confident that I wouldn't be a batter of, or I wouldn't, you know, go, nah, i not sure, so sure about that. So we got to do No Sound Ever Dies, we looked at the, those 10 or 11, and we we, record, we recorded five of them, and I wrote new lyrics for verses, and we wrote new parts for The End of Will you, The End of Know Me, yep. just things that I thought that, like, granted, we did them on EPs, but if we had got into the studio, we would have explored those songs more and got a different version of them slightly. Oh, brilliant. So I think we tried to breathe new life into, you know, something that, was, that we'd forgotten about, really, and, and rediscovered. Um, and that was the lovely thing about No Sound Ever it's Like I playing with the three lads, um, I, I just loved Colm as a drummer, and John Henshby uh, as the, the original drummer. Eddie on bass, I loved this kind of punky, nerdy... Yeah. You know, in, in some ways... Like nearly like a uh, comic bookie, but it was like we were just so full of life and driving. Like it was always melodic, but really, really punky. And Graham then loved everything from spiritualized to to smashing one thing. So, you know, he was just electric as a he was only 15 when we met him, and he was already a brilliant guitar there. Wow! So, to be real, I loved listening to all their parts. I was just like, a little bit embarrassed with me because I was so young. So it was lovely going back and rewriting the parts that, that I was like, yeah, those lyrics are a bit iffy and I, if I, you know, now looking back and I knew then that I was only a young writer. So it was, it was lovely to, to approach them again, you know, through such a long looking glass and and go, okay, I can improve this and, you know, it might be fun. So that, I, for me, just reengaging with the lads, talking to them again about music and then getting it all done, it was just, it came out of the blue, but I was so delighted that it happened,
0: you know. Oh, what a joy. I mean, honestly, everything everything came together. Everything from the artwork, which, of course, Graham handles, um, you know, and then, then, then there's the production, which Graham handles, I guess. Uh, in, 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 <laughs> yeah. You know, because <laughs> I mean... think Graham is the, Graham is the quickest at doing it like that. <laughs> and he both does a lot of the artwork. Which, you know, in conjunction
3: with Graham, I do the videos, and yeah. he's probably our original manager. Like, he was the first one example of saying you're going to have to release an album as this is just a lovely article and all that music is sitting there. So it, it's it been a lovely kind of group kind of, uh, even though we're like Graves in New York, I know Waterford, uh, Cullum is in Amsterdam and Eddie is in Cork. So we haven't been able to see each other because of COVID but every every couple of days we're sending each other new ideas. you, you know, always. Like new little demos and uh, just
0: new lyrics and stuff and just new ideas for videos and artwork so it's as I said it's become a, a like a hobby but just a, a lovely thing to do again to help get through all of this. Oh it know? must be a joy honestly goodness I I, I, I don't want to, to, to burden you with, with, with uh, the vagaries of my life but I, I'm, I'm obviously finding Covid like, like hundreds of millions of people finding it very difficult um, and I wish I had something um, I've got the show, of course, which I channel energies into. But uh, something in, in terms of what you're doing artistically it must be an absolute joy. Not just for this, not just because you're doing it, but it's a, who 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 were involved. You, you're with the lads again, as you say. Uh, and I would imagine it's it's a wonderful um, feeling to not have a, a gun to your head. You, you're doing this on your own terms. Yeah, I think we're we're
3: nearly all like I think Eddie. Graham is still over in New York and he's playing music as much as he can. You've got to be re- releasing an album with Ken Griffin uh, from skate Skinny originally called The High Leaves. Is that and right? They have like Leonard Cohen's guitar player. There's they, just beautiful people playing on this album they've been working on. Cullen is over in Amsterdam and he be, plays a lot of jazz and like, plays with some great players. And I've had a studio here at Waterford for the last 15 years recording Young Acts here. And... Like none of us really left music but we left something behind that we didn't finish you know, we just kind of it came to a point, we were dropped we made another one or two demos and with a bit of money we left over and then everyone drifted off and it just came to an end where there was nearly, not even really a goodbye it was just, everyone just drifted and so to come back to a 25 year able to finish something is lovely but I suppose when we emerged from all of this I can't wait to see what the kids are going to be doing. I think there's going to be a revolution in art. I think culture is going to come out fighting because it's being wiped out in so many ways, you know. Um, small venues, small records. Like, there's so many tiny record labels out there who know that artists don't make money and artists who know that record companies don't make money not really anymore. But they're all willing to put stuff out. they yes. fighting to to recreate a new industry where maybe... It's easier for people to get. those people will help each other. There, there isn't a lot of money to be made of music. We all know that, but it's, there's a, there's a, as you with the podcast, there's a love of hearing new music. And if you create music, there's a love of wanting to go back into a band room with friends, you know, and, and just jam, make up stuff. And I think in the next year or two, as we burst out of this, like I'm just so excited to see what happens next. And I'm so
0: excited to go see gig cricket. Oh, my word. Uh, last last week, I bought... There's <laughs> a gig. It's so far away in Montreal. Uh, it's not till April, but I bought tickets to see Mogwai. And I tell you, it felt fantastic just to be buying concert tickets yeah. again. Yeah, I've seen them five or six times. And they're
3: just... Insane. Uh, so, the ones at Belfast. they drove
0: up. And a lot of people there were expecting them
3: to blow their eardrums. You know, they, they, they just they were on this tour and they were playing so loud, they came up one night and just decided they were just going to drift it, you know, just yeah. be really thrifty. Now, it was really powerful as well, but it was one of the most amazing gigs I've ever had. It was like the music was coming in bales over you, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And yeah. I've
3: been lucky enough to see them five the or six times since, and each gig was so different.
0: Yes. Um, yeah,
3: and, I, and I'm, I'm so happy for funny, them. You no, know, I love bands, you know, as I was saying earlier, like Jesus and Mary James, but that's what I love and to just... Prime of Screen, I must
0: have seen them. at that's have twenty times, and no gig has been the same. You know. True enough. Um, True enough. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing formulaic about those bands.
3: Yeah, like I, I know that Prime of Screen would be known for you know, for Screen and being a bit rocky, and it being a bit bluesy, and it being a bit country, and whatever. But like at one stage there, they Kevin Sheeves with them. There was you know, I that's for Exterminator, and it was just so heavy and hard. Yes. And the next album, then might be all like glockenspiels and, and organs, you know, and country guitar. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I just love that with bands kind of, I don't know, go where what they feel is what they want to say next, you
0: know? Well, it's, it's a luxury. Uh, not, not many bands have got the ability or, forgive me, but the, the brass bollocks to be able to do something like that because it does take guts to be able to, to vie off the beaten track. I mean, you've given you've, your you know, Mercury Rev as an example, you've, you've name dropped them twice. Uh, they are a prime example to me where they they do what they want, how they want, when they want, and uh, respect respect to them, and th- they've never compromised at all, despite being on major labels and what have you. So uh, I think it's, it's 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 hard to do, isn't it? When when you're a part of the machine, is you know to to maintain that integrity and control uh, whilst having the machine take care of you. But having said that, the industry that you were brought up in. You know, during the, uh, the 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 blow disc days, it's a whole different animal right now, isn't it? It's it's almost like a self promotional online online and uh, uh, do it yourself type endeavour, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I mean, in one way, it's, it's it's lovely that people can be in charge of their own artwork, how they want to be seen, what platforms they want to put their music up on but it's so tough because it's so much work and a lot of artists aren't built to do everything, like one might be writing songs, but then they might be great at interviews or they might be great at making videos, you know, it's very hard to do everything but I think for bands as you said, like Mercury Rev, Pavement um, and bands like where their label just believed in them and just said, yeah, what producer would you like, or we'd recommend this producer because we think he'd be great for them." they're like, yeah we come to us, Berlin and work with whoever. I mean, I think that's half the excitement about a band is, is trying to get in with, with other people who are willing to talk to you and, and, and help you create the thing you're trying to create. And yes. if a band is lucky enough to have a good manager, good fans, good friends, and a good label to support them, I think you're kind of, kind of sort of like Sonic Youth. You know, and like, there's so many bands that have just had such a long career by and as you said, you know, never compromising their sound. Like making the radio bend to them, you know, making culture bend to your sound. Absolutely. have done it. So many bands have done it where they were like, this is our sound, deal with it.
4: Yes. And, yes. And, and and you know, the radio in the end bends
3: to you. You become you become playable because people want to hear you. And I don't know, John Peel knew it was People who love music and go play records and talk about music, they know that, you know, there's an audience out there. It's just getting the music to the right people in the right ways. And I think for a long time radio has let people down in the way that it's it's nearly taken all the characters out of radio or tried to and replaced people who sell ads. But I think we're going back to a period now where through podcasts and through Great YouTube sites and people talking about music where they're not being compromised. at What they, you know, no one's controlling what they say, and they're not mainly selling ads.
0: That's right. I think really, they
3: can really push music to the right places and to the right people, and that's got to be. Um, it's got to be a good thing, isn't it? We needed something like that to happen again. I think you know, for for young bands.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I, I couldn't agree more. I think if you remove the avarice and the greed, uh, and people are just doing this, um, you look at you look at. Uh, you look at what um, what's happening at, at uh, Louder Than War, for instance, uh, and these these type publications. No one's making money hand over fist. They're doing it out of love of music, uh, and it's, it's it's a beautiful thing. And there are more and more people who are springing up who are just selfless, and, and some of the most selfless people I've met in my life. In you know, in terms of who I've crossed paths with, uh, have largely been in the music industry. It tends to breed that kind of. Uh, uh, temperament and and uh, ethic, uh, as far as as far as I, uh, you am know, an ex music industry sales rep as well from many many years ago, and some of the relationships that I've forged that have lasted decades have, have got the common thread of music, and it's a it's a quite beautiful thing that perhaps sometimes you even as I do take for granted, but you have to keep pinching yourself every once in a while, I think. Yeah, there was like a
3: film a couple of years ago it wasn't a great movie like The Boat That Rocked but like it was about that great story of yes. radio on ships off England you know and yes. you saw it tune into Luxembourg FM and whatever you could get on at the time but like in the movie I think Philip Seymour Hoffman someone was kind of complaining you know that there's no other music and he's saying every time that a kid falls in love and writes a song that's their fingerprint on it no matter what it sounds like somebody else but it's their song and every new young group or generation of kids that comes through brings their fingerprint, their new sounds, like at the minute they're, they're, a lot of the kids I'm hearing, like they're playing stuff that might sound 90s-ish but they're doing it their own way, you know, or like even things like Mac DeMarco, you know, bending strings and a lot of people are getting into kind of maybe like it's maybe like a psychedelic 60s feel but yes. maybe flashed with 90s music, slashed with something else and they're doing it their way, and each new generation is going to, you know, if you're a fan of music and you hear a new young band, and you're like, holy shit, they're just amazing, you know? Like, that lets you know again that there's always going to be new music around the corner, no matter how down we get, oh yeah, it's all been mm. done, or yes. yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yes. a new band that comes around the corner and just blows your mind. I mean, like, when I first heard Pavement, I thought it sounded like a band falling into a room and falling out of a room while <clears throat> going through all the instruments, and it did. But that was that lovely kind of slacker, you know, skateboard sound. Yes. Like it was. It's twenty years ago. Here, right now, we're in Ireland, that people are getting into skateboarding big time, and like you know, boards being built all over the place. They write music like that thirty years ago for that sound, you know. And I think that's why a lot of kids are getting back into nineties stuff because. For the last 10 years, they've been fooled into thinking, oh, yeah, it's the only way you're going to make a success is if you're a YouTuber or you're a this or that. They all want to go back to band rooms now because that's where you meet people. They want to go see gigs because that's where you meet people. You know, it's an experience rather than sitting in front of the screen all the time I trying hope to sell yourself.
0: Well, I hope so, you're right. I hope yeah. you're right. And I hope that this, you know, last 18 months of being quarantined up to the hilt. Is going to be almost like a, a catharsis when 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 people are allowed out, uh, you know, properly I, I, again. As I say, for me, I just just to go to a concert is something that I just heart back on. I mean, I'm feeding on memories right now because you know this is, I'm not likely I'm not not likely to go to a concert for, for for you know quite some months, but I'm certainly going to be accruing my tickets and, and pre booking them and having something to look forward to because. It's the it's the only tangible thing, as you quite rightly say. Um, you can hang your hat on there always being new music. Um, I can't hang the hat, uh, hang my hat on my football team being successful all the time. I can't hang my hat on anything that's a guaranteed. But the only thing that keeps me going, until for instance, it's like until Marquis Smith died, I, I knew that I could rely upon at least one new Fall album a year. Um, yeah. and, and it was a, yeah. and it was a beautiful thing because I, I knew at least one was coming. Um, and, and after Mark died, God 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 rest his soul. Um so selfishly, it, it was it's been a part of my life since since the eighties, since the early eighties. You know, you buy one or two four records a year. <laughs> and there was such yeah. a such a shift uh when, when Mark died, but as you quite rightly say, sorry I've digressed, but um No, no,
3: that like my, my neighbour who lives two doors down, he's a massive record and like collector. And his favorite band is the Falls, so but he's everything by them, like, you know, everything. And we went to electric, uh, we were at Electric Picnic a couple of years ago, and the Fall were playing, and I'd never seen the play. And I was just never so entertained in my whole life, like, Marty Smith would just walk around turning off amps, pressing keys, like, <laughs> for the whole concert. And he just had the whole band, like, none of the band looked at him or that. odd, oh, it was just like, oh, yeah, there we go, turn on the amp again. But the whole, the whole tent. He just had everyone in a spell. Yeah. And a friend of mine never recently said to me, "Oh, well, I I he said I was into dance music, I never listened to Indian music in the nineties at a party about a year ago or two years ago. He he everyone else got the bed. And the only records in one record collection next to him were pavement and Marky Smith. <laughs> and he spent the whole night listening or the whole like next couple of hours listening to those records and he's like, How did I
0: not listen to this stuff in the nineties? Yeah, well, how'd we'll how I miss this? Yeah, so well, like I, if you listen to so the show... it for 25 20, 30 years. But oh! Basically it. Yeah, it's, it, that's the, another people thing about music. You can always get there in the end. It's not it's not a race. Thank goodness for that. It's, it's not yeah. it's not a race. Uh, you know, just out of pure interest, too, if, if you listen to the show, um, I have a I have a feature called the Obligatory Fall. Oh, every week I play a f- one, one song by the... Every show I play one song by the fall just because it has to be done. Somebody has to do it. And uh, I, I, I consider that, you know, my obligation, hence the obligatory fall off. Anyway, I've got, I've got one last question for you that, 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 that is, um, you've also touched upon this, but, but not in detail, but um, is there anyone that you are particularly uh, would, would, would love to work with that you say, okay, I'd love, I'd love to, to work with X, X. Uh, in, in a production capacity, I'd love to work with. Why in a songwriting capacity, I'd look, you know, what have you? But is there anybody that you particularly like to work with that, that uh, it doesn't matter how grandiose or or, or, uh, or impossible? <coughs> Excuse
3: me. Um, I suppose when I was growing up, one of the albums like different for me at the start of the Cure and the Peas more when I was a kid. Yeah. Like when I was thirteen, like I was crying myself to sleep the to Mode and the Cure, and. Um, then when I got to about 16 or 17, maybe 17, 18, Teenage Fan Club were one of my favourite bands. Just the, That first album, Catholic Education, blew me away. Magic.
0: Um, Magic.
3: The last few years, I loved your man from the Kills, is it, and the girl who went off then with the Dead Weathers. I thought they were interesting. Yes. But there's a, last Friday night, nice, the first time in a year and a half, um, I have a studio here in town and I went into town. There's a guy called Dave Grimes, um, he goes under uh, kind of a couple of different monikers, Moes and Lace, Antenna, and another guy called Arcade Ray who makes music. Now, the two of them usually just play with other bands, you know. They come in and they play a great riff or something. But we were in a jam the other night um, inside the studio for four or five hours, while so I a few beers, and I remember just sitting behind the drums, and like, we were all like, everyone singing, everyone was playing piano, and everyone was just moving instruments. For three or four hours, no one ever said one chord or what to play, and we just played for about four hours, and it was the most one of the most amazing nights for me in such a long time, because for me playing with, with them is like playing with Charles coltrane It's like right. They 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 drift and they're they know their pedals and they can make the most amazing sounds, and just to play behind them is like such a privilege. So. I think it's the people you walk into a room who are your friends, who you look up to, as like, oh my god, it's like you know. When they pick up an instrument, they just blow your freaking mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's always so those me, people. That, that was last Friday with Dave Grimes and Arcade Ray, and but yeah, I don't know what will happen in the future. Who will we get to make? Hopefully, I'll be in a room with the Furs because. You I know, hope so. It'd be great to actually make music in one room together and. I think we're planning hopefully either Christmas or next summer to gather, have a beer, rent out a room or a studio for a week or two, go in, record as much as we can and we'll
0: all have to go our separate ways again for a while. Um, oh, marvellous though. For for for, for, for people like oh, yeah, myself. So it's
3: well.
0: Oh, it's gonna be mar- I'm just so happy for you that you've 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 you 've got this in your life again um, and uh, and I I'm, and I'm selfishly obviously very happy for us because there's new music coming from the emperors um, there's enough to catch up on if, if you if you're not familiar but uh, there's certainly the promise now of of, of new material which is fantastic because I thought honestly as I've said before John I thought you'd been abducted I really did because it was I even okay. I, I even wrote to uh, to blow discs. We just went underground. Yeah, I even wrote to blow discs in like on Kil- Kilburn Avenue, wherever the hell they were. I remember. Oh
3: yeah, I think we had to we had to run out of that house, in the end in the way that like we were supposed to be there for the next twelve weeks, and we were going to record when We got a phone call to say, and um, it wasn't happening, <laughs> and that there'd be, you know, that was the end of the deal. So we just basically had to pack up, bring Graham's dad, he came, fill the van with everything that we could fill and just throw it back to Ireland. It was kind of all done in 24 hours. Blimey. And it, it Like, none of us, like, we could have said, oh, like, I might stay here for a few months. We've been there for over a year. Yeah. And like it, none of us really wanted to leave London. But it was like, oh, shit, okay, everything's gone. All right, better go So I, I don't think it was even thought out what happened in the end, you know? And yeah. So, but while we were playing together, it was, I think we were very lucky to be in, that early time in the early 90s where every time you walked into a venue, whether it was like indie, rock and roll, ambient, like the, the, it was just so exciting. I think <laughs> in the late 80s, the early 90s, music was, was
0: heading towards 1999,
3: like a bull, you know? And yes. It, in a time shop, like, it was just
0: going for <laughs> it. Relentless.
3: And so it was a very exciting time. And I think coming out of this, hopefully now it's, like, you know, everyone's been kind of
0: locked away and hopefully writing and being busy and i think there'll be an avalanche of of uh of voices and 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 hearts from people coming i think so i think so i think uh, i'm gonna be completely cynical here coupled with coupled with uh uh lots of divorce settlements there's going to be an awful lot of lps (laughs) being released in 2022 (laughs) that's for sure that's right you're going to, yeah yeah just just be patient you are gonna be able to find those rare rare EPs you're looking for just wait another <laughs> six just wait another six months or so no worries um, I was going to ask you um to to, to to do something um to save me doing it because I'd like you to add some creative license here would you like to choose three songs um from your repertoire for me to play uh, any three songs that you see fit um,
3: from the, uh, from the album, I, I, I always like Pro As You Are. Um, yeah. um and, Thomas, I know that Pure Idol wasn't on the album, but I always loved the bass line on Pure Idol and I know you have the EP's. Yeah, no worries, Pure Idol for sure. And, um, did, 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 did it. maybe Stranded. Okay. I, I, like, we were lucky to record that demo with Fat Debbie Clark and, We've gone through two producers already who kept like you know, like we we'll show you we're showing you techniques on how to layer and layer and layer music. And when we met Matt Met uh, Teddy Carc, he was like, Go into the room, turn on four mics and strip it all back. And and I think I loved that thing right at the end before we, we departed it, was that it was getting very raw. Yeah. And and I liked that, like, you know, that it wasn't twenty guitars, it was two, you know, or one. And like, uh, so stranded as well. Yeah.
0: Perfect. And that's a great cross section of stuff, that is. And, you know, these are all sort of coming in at three minutes or there, thereabouts, aren't they? Except, oh, yeah. grow, grow, as yeah, are. grow As You Are. Grow As You Are is the longest song you've got. That's pushing five minutes, isn't it? That one. I think that was just a live, one live take. Yeah. That
3: was the last recording we did with Eddie uh, in that studio in London. Um, um, and he was doing, like, as I said, it was. He was a real believer in keeping it as real and raw as you could, so that when he went out to do it live, yeah, that's what it sounded like. And and you know, of course, we loved. we only really just got into studios for the first time, so it was lovely learning about layering guitars, layering vocals, bringing in every toy and machine you could think to have fun with. But there was a lot to be said as well for just
0: going in with your instruments and, and having fun, you know. Magic, yeah. Those days, those days. Maybe maybe it would be in your book, John. Cause I mean, there's a book. There's a book in here somewhere. I think there's a book. There's <laughs> <It's> a book. <laughs> this is,
3: yeah, there's a lot of stories in there if we can remember.
0: Perhaps. A lot of anecdotes, I'm sure. At least, at least a blog, uh, some something along those lines. <laughs> I got. I, I, the, the, I keep saying I've got one last question for you, and I keep lying because I keep asking you more. But but this this truly is the last one, and it's hypothetical, and it's got nothing to do at all with music. It's um, you round you round my house <clears throat> after a successful gig. And you've got a hot beverage in your hand, and I come out of the uh, the pantry with the magic biscuit tin, and I ask you uh, to choose a biscuit, past, present or future, any biscuit on God's green earth, what would you choose? And the kid itself was
3: the candles, you know? Okay. With the strawberries stripped down the middle, and then there was some pink with a little bit of coconut pieces. Even though I didn't like
0: coconut, there was just so much on that biscuit. It was a value biscuit, you know? that's for sure. No, no, and I, love, I also love the way that you didn't hesitate. Because a lot of people vacillate and, mm, ah, and you were straight in so you've you've got to stick with it stick to your guns on that one. Oh my i wouldn't have even
3: had my eyes looking into the thing you just put your hand in there we go, and you go
0: yeah. <laughs> especially yeah. especially if you've got brothers and sisters you just take what you can get you just take whatever biscuit you've got <laughs> anyway it, it's it's an absolute pleasure talking to you and and, and i'm and i'm just so bet. so happy that you're you're back um Let's, let's keep in touch and, and, and um, maybe, maybe when the, when the new album comes out hopefully fingers crossed at some point in 2022 when you can all be in the same room together which would be fantastic for you all um we can we can reconvene but in the meantime um, keep keep uh, I'll keep on keeping on playing uh, emperor's material and trying to convert as many people to the uh, to, to, to the emperor's cause as possible.
3: Darren, thank you so much, yeah. And we'll try and get the new music we have that. Uh I think the single should be finished in the next day or two, but I know there's five or six that we did the drums. the drummer did the drums for four, five or six in in Amsterdam the other day. So we're nearly halfway there.
0: Oh that's marvelous. Marvelous should be a bit of fun, you know. Well I'll keep in touch through Eddie as well. That's beautiful. You're Jeff. Thanks so much, Darren. All, all the best. Take care yourself. Ta-ra. <laughs> And he's back. How'd you like them apples? Fantastic. I enjoyed that immensely. I've uh, been a fan of the band since since William, the first single, came out, and then after the three singles, as you probably can surmise from the interview, that uh, I, I was well disappointed. I thought they'd been abducted uh, after collecting three EPs and playing them and loving them. Anyway, you heard the interview. You know more than more about them than that, don't you? Now let's hear the last song that was curated by uh, by Haggis himself. Let's hear "Stranded." ice cream stranded and that is it for episode 158 of near perfect pitch thanks for listening immensely indebted to you as i am to uh, to john haggis hegarty and uh, the uh, the strawberry coconut bicky as well um do me a favor spread the word of the program there uh, are now 158 of these that you can get your ears around so uh, first of all uh, you can go back in time if you haven't listened to them all some crude beginnings, I'll warn you, but uh, it's metamorphosized into the show that you can hear today. Uh, Some crude and humble beginnings, as I mentioned, but uh, worth listening to for the musical content. Not so much my ramblings, but the music and the guests. It's all about the music and the guests. So if you think there's someone out there who might benefit from the program, do pass on the coordinates. It's available everywhere, except bloody spotify who are taking down podcasts by the dozen every day uh, for uh, for stupid reasons and uh i'm, I'm not even going to get into it but uh, npp near perfect pictures available everywhere so point people to wherever they listen to their podcasts thanks so much be safe get a needle in your arm and uh, be good to each other back next week
4: take care